You Made New Podcast. This is JC. Here we are in episode 19. I hope, been thinking about this, I hope you're in a place as you're listening to this where you're not going to be too distracted, where you can just kind of sit back and take it in. Just let it overflow as we talk about such a cool subject. I have been so excited about this one. I wish they could all feel like this. Oh, we are going to talk today about one of the additional gifts that comes through life in Christ. We've been talking about the process, about how we get there. And and yes, we've mentioned that this is going to be an ongoing process. There's always going to be things to work on, to overcome. But now we understand the secret of having Christ in us, about becoming one with him. Um, And as that happens... excuse me, that we can be filled with a sense of life that is everlasting, that is perpetual, that lights us up, lights that inner flame so that it stays lit, that can fill us with not just light and life, but the power to overcome, the power to be healed, to break old patterns, and to live in his presence, to have him with us. Like These truths are just mind-blowing, but here's the thing, guys. There's more. There's more to to this life in Christ than we've even begun to capture. So today we're gonna we're gonna talk about another amazing gift that comes with abiding in Christ. In fact, we're gonna start right in John 15 that we've used many times, where Christ says flat out, Abide in me and I in you. We've used it so many times. But we're gonna skip to verse eleven because here's where we're gonna zero in on today. He gives all that counsel about abiding in him, being like a branch that's connected to the vine, drinking in everything he has to give us. And then he says in verse 11, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Not just occasional, every once in a while you'll feel some joy in between the mess and the awfulness of life. I want your joy to be full. And notice, please, please don't miss that he calls it my joy. He doesn't just say it's this random, you know, joy. You're just going to be happier. No, that my joy might remain in you, that your joy will be full. Ooh, we are going to talk about this, my joy. <laughs> um, Galatians 5 tells us that the one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. I mean, sometimes I think we've read that word in the scriptures enough that we kind of get a little numb to it. Like, yeah, 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 I know. You know, I know. It's joyful. The gospel's joyful. (laughs) Big deal. No. I think we need to sit back today and and hear it afresh. To, To talk about this joy, what his joy is. He called it my joy. And what that looks like to partake of that as we are learning to abide in him. Um, there's, there's a lot of scriptures I could use, but I, I have to go a bit to the Book of Mormon because the Book of Mormon uses some really, really creative language to talk about this higher level of joy. Um, it is called specifically in the Book of Mormon, the joy of Christ. So I'm going to keep referring it to it like that. But um, there's phrases like exceeding great joy. That one's also in the New Testament. 
or unspeakable and full of glory. That one's from 1 Peter as well. The Book of Mormon also mentions that. Joy that is unspeakable. Guys, take this in. And full of glory. It's exceedingly great. Like exceed, to exceed, to go beyond any kind of joy we have ever tasted. Um, The Book of Mormon talks about incomprehensible joy. Or another chapter says, calls it exquisite, sweet joy. One group of people um, said, no one can conceive of the joy which filled our souls when they were with Christ. It just is on such a different level. Another, Another writer said, he talked about my soul is carried away even to the separation of it from my body, as it were. So great is my joy. Like I, I just can't even hardly stay in my flesh. It's overwhelming me so much. My favorite, there are several stories in the Book of Mormon. We read one of them already with Lamoni. Do you even remember? Where they're so filled with it that, that the people in the story just lose consciousness. They just go out. They're so overcome. In fact, the story where we talked about with Lamoni, we were talking about the light of everlasting life being lit up in his soul. Remember that verse? It was in Alma 19, verse 6. How the light of everlasting life was lit up in his soul. But it also talks about this light infused such joy into his soul that it overcame his, his natural fright. And he was just carried away in God, it said. It infused such joy, joy into his soul. It infused means to fill, to saturate. Are you starting to get a feel that this is not perhaps on any level we've ever experienced until we've come to Christ in this way? There is a newness of joy that is just going to fall on us and consume us and fill us in a way that is just going to be unspeakable. It's going to be hard to even conceive of language to describe this incomprehensible joy. I just get goosebumps just talking about it. Now, here's the crazy thing. And I think this, is, again, comes out of the Book of Mormon, but this is this is gospel truth to the end. This is not joy. The joy of Christ is not available to everyone. It's not like it just can fall on anyone all the time just because they want it. The Book of Mormon says specifically, behold, in Alma 27, 18, this is joy which none receiveth, save it be the truly penitent and humble seeker of happiness. Like, it's a result of our journey. You don't go on this journey, you'll never probably taste what the joy of Christ feels like. Be filled with it. If if we never learn to abide in him, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. But as we come closer to him, as we shed our fig leaf aprons, come out of hiding, run into his arms, there is not just going to be life infused into us. There is going to be a joy that begins to fill us that's going to be very, very hard to describe. Um, Listen to C.S. Lewis. This comes from The Weight of Glory. And you've probably heard this quote before. It's used all the time. He says, indeed... If we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of rewards promised in the Gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition, 
when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Oh, this quote, guys, come on. He says, we're fooling around with all this other stuff. All our other escapes and our comforts and all our little hobbies and our little lovers, all the things we've run to, to try to find joy. He says, we've been fooling around with all of that when infinite joy is offered us. There's another descriptive adjective, infinite joy, unending, unlimited. We've been like an ignorant child, he says, who just wants to keep making mud pies in a slum because he can't even imagine what, what a holiday at the sea would be like. That's the level change we're talking about. Our old ways, our old comforts are the mud pies. We've just been trying to find joy in those limited, I mean, come on, food, social media, binging, Netflix, that was going to bring us infinite joy. I, I mean, I'm not judging because I've been there. I've, I've made my fair share of mud pies because I didn't know there was more. I thought that's all there was. I had to just soak some happiness out of those limited counterfeits because I couldn't imagine what was meant by an offer of the holiday at the sea. He says, we're far too easily, please, there's more, there's more. And we just kind of wrap our brains around, this is why we have gone on this difficult trek. We've done some tough stuff. We've talked about some tough stuff. Yes, we've gone through repentance and confession, uh, our brokenness, our nothingness. We've gone through, we've become those penitent seekers of happiness. But look at the jewel that's waiting for us at the end, at the summit of this trek. It's infinite joy. Um, And it comes to us simply as a gift. It's not something we earn. It's not something we can control. It's just we come to him. We just chase after and come to Christ. And as we draw near to him and learn to abide in him and have him in us, this joy will just begin to fill us. Listen to this um, quote from Sarah Young in her beautiful, beautiful book, Jesus Calling. If you've never, ever heard of this book, you need to check it out. Sarah Young, Jesus Calling. She writes as if Christ is speaking to us in first person. I know I've quoted her before, but she's talking about this very thing. Listen, again, as if Christ is speaking to us, she says, I am creating something new in you, a bubbling spring of joy that spills over into others' lives. Do not mistake this joy for your own or try to take credit for it in any way. Instead, watch in delight as my spirit flows through you to bless others. Let yourself become a reservoir of the spirit's fruit. This bubbling spring of joy that will just begin to bubble up in us. She says, don't mistake it for your joy. This is not you. This is the joy of Christ. This is a gift that's infused into us by him as a gift. And and as a result of learning to become one with him. Now she continues in another another devotional part of the book that this one just, oh my gosh, you guys, this one's so beautiful. She says this, open wide your heart and mind to receive more and more of me. 
It's Christ talking. Open wide your heart and mind to receive more and more of me. When your joy in me meets my joy in you, there are fireworks of heavenly ecstasy. This is eternal life here and now. A tiny foretaste of what awaits you in the life to come. Oh my goodness. When my when my joy in Christ meets his joy in me, there's this firework. She says, fireworks that go off of heavenly ecstasy. This is a level of joy that again is hard to find words to describe. But then she says, this is eternal life here and now. You... You think about what's going to light that flame. This is this joy is going to keep that flame burning. This is what's going to burn inside of us as we are made alive in Christ. It's this bubbling spring of joy. And she says it's only a tiny foretaste of what awaits you. But it's so good here and now we can hardly describe it. Is this getting you excited? I just I told you I was excited about this one. These, we're finally getting to the, the layers of amazingness that come through abiding in Christ. I've come through knowing him. Um, in fact, you think about it. I mean, guys, we can just ask for this. Knowing that the joy of Christ exists and then he says, I've told you these things that, that my joy will be in you and that your joy will be full. We can ask him for it. I love this from um, LDS leader Russell M. Nelson. He says, how then could we claim that joy? Like, isn't that the number one question on, as we hear about this, we think, I want it. I want it. I don't just want to read about it in the scriptures. I don't just want to read about how others tasted it. I want this. I want, this is what I'm desperate for. This is what all that emptiness and numbness and deadness, this is what I've been trying to find. So he says, how then? Can we claim that joy? He says, we can start by looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith in every thought. Now listen, he says, as our savior becomes more and more real to us, and as we plead for his joy to be given to us, our joy will increase. It will increase. Okay, so with that, we've got to talk about one kind of Um, tough thing because this could be a roadblock. We talked about different roadblocks that can keep us from moving forward. And this is one. It's the reality that there are no guarantees that for the rest of our days on this planet, we're not going to still have trials and pain and struggle and affliction and adversity. Like we know that's what life on earth is. You look at even in the scriptures, the most amazing faithful prophets went through incredibly tough stuff. So I'm not saying from here on out, it's going to be all bliss, right? You're never going to go have to have to go through something hard ever again. Because see, our mind, we think, well, if I'm tasting this kind of joy, then all everything will be perfect and nothing will ever go wrong. <laughs> no, no, we're still going to have incredibly hard things to deal with. But in the past, we have based our joy on our circumstances. We have told ourselves, I can only experience joy and happiness if life is going well right? If my marriage is good and my kids are behaving and the bank account is full and, you know, <laughs> no one's sick and then I have joy. Like our, our circumstances controlled our happiness before. If life is good, we're good. If life is bad, we're tanking and we're eating all the ice cream in the kitchen, right? But the thing we have to understand about the joy of Christ 
is it isn't dependent on our circumstances. It can flow in us even when life is falling apart around us. Let me just share a couple. Again, I'm going to go to the Book of Mormon. It teaches joy in a way I just rocks my world. So two quick examples. There's a prophet named Alma. I've used him before. He's about to enter a really hard ministry. He can see it. He's seen the things that are going on with the people. He's been called to go and preach to a really difficult, hardened, sinful people. And he knows it's going to be tough. He knows what's about to happen. But he asks the Lord flat out. He prays. He said, will you just fill us? Will you just comfort us in Christ for this ministry that we're about to have to to undergo? And then the scripture says this in Alma 31, 38. It says this promise, the Lord provided for them, Alma and his group of missionaries, the Lord provided for them that they should hunger not, neither should they thirst. Yea, and he also gave unto them strength that they should, listen, suffer no manner of afflictions, save it were swallowed up in the joy of Christ. I, to me, there's, there can be no greater gift that all my afflictions can be swallowed up in this joy. It's so immense and so powerful, the afflictions can't kill it. That temporary happiness we were struggling with before, afflictions could kill that in two seconds. The wrong diagnosis, the wrong crisis hitting, and our happiness would evaporate. Joy in Christ is not like that. In fact, later in Alma 33, verse 23, Alma 33 is a sermon on Christ. It is just over and over talking about how he redeems and how we can exercise faith in that. But the promise that comes at the end of this one is the same. It says, and now my brethren, I desire that you shall plant this word in your heart. This word that Christ redeems, that he will save, that he will rescue, that he is there. And you plant that in your heart, it says. And as it beginneth to swell, even so nourish it by your faith. And behold, it will become a tree springing up in you unto everlasting life. There it is. There it is. This tree will begin to grow in you unto everlasting life inside of you. And then it says, once that begins to happen, once Christ is in you and he's filling you with everlasting life, it says, and then may God grant it to you that your burdens may be light through the joy of his son. Your burdens may be light through the joy of his son. It'll just be swallowed up. It doesn't mean we'll never feel a negative emotion. It doesn't mean we're not going to go through hard stuff, but we're just going to be wrapped in joy as we do. Um, Paul talks in 2 Corinthians 6 about being sorrowful, sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Or Or in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, we're troubled on every side, but not distressed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're cute, persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but not res- destroyed. Like those bad things are still happening, but it's not taking us down like we used to. Because he says, though our outward man may perish, the inward man is being renewed day by day. The inward man is being renewed through this bubbling spring of joy. Um, I, yes, hard things will happen. Yes, we can lose the joy also if we run back to our old ways. To our old lovers, like Gomer and Hosea. If I leave Hosea and run back to the old things, the life is gone. The joy is gone. Everything that he brings into our heart and mind, it evaporates. But 
as long as we keep our eyes fixed on him, this joy is his promise. What did we just read in John 15? Or sorry, yeah, John 15, 11. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you, not dip in you for five minutes and then you're back to being miserable and empty and dead. That my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be full, full guys. (laughs) We've used so many words to describe it. Incomprehensible, exquisite, exceeding, unspeakable, full of joy or full of glory. But it will fill, it will fill every empty place. It, it will supersede every type of adversity, even the worst kinds of things that we could experience. One of my favorite examples of this comes from author Colleen Harrison in her book, He Did Deliver Me from Bondage. She explains in that book her own spiritual rebirth. And I won't go into that, but then she talks about this joy that began to distill in her soul and how that joy superseded any kind of trial that she had to experience. And she had a rough one. Listen to this. She says, through the sudden and potentially devastating experience of opening my door to a highway patrolman bearing the news of my oldest daughter's violent automobile accident, which left her body so mangled she had to be identified by birthmarks. Through the closed casket funeral at which he gave me strength to speak, listen to what she says, I was suspended in a state of joy, not shock like most people thought. Her daughter was violently killed in in a car accident, and here she is bearing witness that she was suspended in a state of joy, not shock. Yes, I'm sure there was sorrow there, but the joy, the joy can fill us beyond anything earthly that will try to tear us down. It's bigger. It's the joy of Christ. It's bigger than anything the adversary can throw our way, anything life can throw our way, any kind of sorrow, tragedy, crisis, it just will stay. There's places in the scriptures that talk about entering into the joy of the Lord. This is what we're talking about. This is why we went on this journey. (laughs) A huge part of it is the invitation to enter into the joy of the Lord, to taste his joy, to have it as a gift from him and possess it for the rest of our lives. Let's close out with Psalms 1611. This is, this sums it all up. David says, thou wilt show me the path of life. That's what we've been on guys, right? We're trying to find life, everlasting life to bring us back from our spiritual deadness. We want to be made alive in Christ. And David says, thou wilt show me the path of life. But then he says, in thy presence is fullness of joy. In his presence, Christ is joy. Christ is joy. That's why we're drawing near. We just want to get a tiny taste of that. And I can testify my own little life has not been protected from struggle. But oh, I have tasted a joy that is beyond words to describe. So much so that it has kept me at his feet 
where I just, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. (laughs) The benefits, the blessings of knowing him. I'm sorry. There is nothing on this earth that can compare. I hope that fills you today. I hope you ponder and chew on that and just let it wash over you. And it, and it ignites a hunger to begin to find it for yourself. If you not haven't already, there is joy in Christ that eclipses anything we could have ever experienced and we could have it for ourselves. All right, guys, next one is our last one. I'm so excited to kind of finish it with a bang. Have a wonderful week.